Welcome back to Our Cultura, a Radio Teco podcast of the legacy San Francisco-based community bilingual Latino newspaper, El Tecolote. My name is Alexis Terrazas, Editor-in-Chief, and in a few moments, we will present the fifth and final episode of our new series for the month of May, Afro-Latinx Soundscapes. Afro-Latinx Soundscapes is a series created by SF State Ethnic Studies Assistant Professor Barbara Abadia Rasach and SF State students Anaya Jones and Jasmine Guadalupe Figueroa Casillas. In this next episode, Barbara, Anaya, and Jasmine not only reflect on the powerful conversations they had throughout this series, but also on what they learned from each other, what Black marinage means to them, and how they celebrate their Black radical joy. This is episode five. You're listening to Afro Latinx Soundscapes podcast. This is the last episode of a series of five. You have an assignment if you missed the previous ones. We are Anaya, Jazz, and Barbara. I'm that black Rican Bruja straight out from the Yoruba. And my people come from Africa, diaspora, Cuba. And you mix that Afro bet, that original people. I'm that black Native American, I make this show evil. I'm that black Rican Bruja straight out from the Yoruba. And so jumping right in, Black Joy, and what brings you both Black Joy as an Afro-Latinx person? And for me, um, the possibility to dream and to co-create this space brought me joy. But to have the opportunity to make it tangible with you, Anaja, and Jazz um, surpasses the initial joy. This is Black radical joy. I don't think we need to suffer and be vulnerable in order to be strong. This is something that I'm learning and I'm, you know, it's problematic, but I'm trying to figure it out. Um, because we um, listen often that, that uh, bad things that you uh, overcome uh, make you uh, stronger. And I, I don't think that we need that <laughs> to be stronger. Um, but in the scenarios in which we have to survive, I feel we are at a point which talking unapologetically about anti-Black racism brings me joy too. As a Black Latina, a Black Puerto Rican of 41 years old, feeling comfortable in my own skin, being in a process of knowing who I am through my natural hair texture and recognizing this is my process, my own path and rhythm, bring me Black joy. What about you, Jess? Well, it brings me joy seeing other Afro-Latinx individuals be unapologetically themselves, just as I'm learning to be. Um, we deserve the spaces we take up and we deserve the recognition for everything that we do, because honestly, a lot is created off our backs. Um, being able to be a positive influence on younger generations also brings me joy and being able to be that like inspiration to kids that look like me makes me want to continue to do better for myself and for my community. 
having finally learned to love and accept my natural hair, my skin, and my differentness have all brought me joy. And knowing that my ancestors are proud of me makes me proud of myself. My existence is Black and Latino joy overall, and that's what makes me really happy. What about you, Anaya? And, you know, same for me, I guess, about seeing other Afro-Latinx people being able to exist as themselves authentically is really beautiful because I know for me, and I said it, I think in a couple episodes ago, that I had just discovered this whole identity when I took Barbara's class in 2020. So that was whole whole 20 years of my life having not known about that. And, you know, the community is so rich and there's something, there's so much about the culture and it's so beautiful. So to be able to see people live as who they are and, and be confident in that is really, is really, is really something beautiful to see. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes others try to stifle and validate our experiences as uh, as as not only people of color, but then you break it down as Afro-Latinx people, how often, you know, we can't be both or we can't, we have to be one or the other because we don't look a certain way or we don't sound a certain way. We, our, our experiences are invalidated. So seeing people be so confident and so steadfast in who they are in their culture or in their hair texture and the color of their skin is, is really reassuring. And so many people uh, also from this community I found are, in, in today's generation are feeling more comfortable speaking out about injustice and discrimination and being very vocal about it. And I think that's really important and a really good way to start working to dismantle the systems that are oppressing us right now. I completely agree. It's our generation is truly, <laughs> truly making its way. A mí me gusta llevar mis pelos parados. ¿Quién te dijo que yo estoy despeinado? Loco, este es mi peinado. Que sirvió para ocultar mis formaciones y semillas para mis ancestros negros y marrones sublevados. Con las trenzas se enviaban los mensajes y dibujaban puntos, referencias, caminos, pasajes. Una especie de mapa que tejían y seguían y se pían de ruta de escape para si marronar. Fácil estereotipar, difícil documentarse. Mis locks, una forma de expresarse, identificar. what food or any other cultural practices related to our Black roots do you love? I wanted to say that in Spanish because I also think that Afro-Latinx uh, people also speak Spanish. Um, I'm Afro-Latina and I speak Spanish. Um, en términos de, de la comida, yo amo los plátanos. I love plantains. I love Puerto Rican tostones, mofongo, and sancocho. Y saber que el plátano es un producto que fue traído específicamente desde África, eh, me vuela la cabeza de, wow, cómo, qué inteligencia tuvieron las personas esclavizadas eh, para traer comida, para traer en sus trenzas, en su cabello, en su afro, semillas, para mantenerse con vida y sobreviviendo. Así que la comida representa también ese Black Joy para mí. Eh, y también amo saber que la manera en que cocinamos el lechón asado en Puerto Rico eh, es también un legado negro, ¿verdad? Entonces, eh, I love music with African roots, like bomba, salsa, merengue, rumba, reggaetón, trap, <laughs> and all, 
Black Music, um, esa idea de hablar de urban music or urban music, I think it's, it's wrong. We have to talk about Afrodiasporic music or black music. <laughs> y también, eh, I love when classical musicians purposely incorporate African elements into their music. Porque a veces no se reconoce que mucha de la música supuestamente clásica, y lo digo entre comillas, también tiene herencia africana. Y esa idea de hablar de lo clásico versus lo popular es también jerarquizar y marcar diferencias. Y, y me parece que tenemos que romper también con esas ideas. But something that I really love and appreciate is all the knowledge Black people, including slaves, inherited us. Y todo ese conocimiento que no sabemos y que tenemos que a veces aprender a los 40 años de edad o después de los 20, after our 20s, eh, qué cosas hemos heredado de las personas negras que fueron esclavizadas, ¿verdad? En contra de su voluntad. Así que yo amo muchas cosas que están relacionadas con eh, mi herencia negra, pero siento que la comida y, y la música y los conocimientos en plural, knowledges, eh, es algo de lo que más amo de, de ser afrolatina, de ser afropuertorriqueña y de ser una persona visiblemente negra. ¿Qué amas tú, Jazz? ¿Qué do you love, Jazz? In terms of our culture, um, I've learned to love what we do with our hair and the ways in which that we care for our skin, um, both of which I'm 22 now, so it's taken me 18 years maybe um, to actually truly learn how to care for my skin because a lot of products are not made for our skin um, and how to truly love my hair despite me not having hair anymore. Um, but even then, still got to care for it. Um, All the protective styles and the kinks and coils to our hair is truly beautiful. I love the traditional ways in which we care for our skin, shea butter, aloe vera, even the lociones that mi abuela uses that smell really good. I used to not want to use them, used to push them away and pick up traditional products. And now I'm truly learning to appreciate all of the natural products that like are passed down from generation to generation to us. What about you, Anaya? Yeah, I definitely agree about the the skincare and the, and the hair products. I also want to talk about the music. I think music is a really, it's, I think it's what really brings communities together. I think in this case, because music, we have access to music in almost every way. So getting to listen to different artists um, and learning that, you know, a lot of these things come from African roots. And so getting to, to you know, communicate with each other almost through music if that makes sense I think is really beautiful that's something that's helped me out in my identity and you know music's always been really important and but also the hair products I could I could always talk about my hair it's really a crucial part of my identity and so I there's one product that I use and called uh, Rizzo's Curls and they have it at Target which I think is really amazing because Target a lot of people shop at Target and to have a product that's made by, she's, I want to say she's Afro-Mexican. Uh, so she's um, Afro-Latinx you know, Afro owned uh, company and she, it's at Target. So it's, it's, a, it's a mainstream product now. And I think to have something made by a woman like us for women like us is really important. And having the represent, representation is, is a really important part to kind of um, interacting with that, so. So I want to also, talk about Marunash in this last episode of the series, 
And something that you mentioned, Anaya, about the here, uh, I think that this is the moment to ask our audience or make an invitation to our audience to look for Afro-Latinx um, entrepreneur people and products and services. Um, we don't have a, like a directory of, of places in which you can receive services, but there's a lot of black people doing a lot of things for, for, for everybody. And this is an invitation to, um, to look for um, black people, uh, stores, local businesses and products and uh, literature, music. And this is, uh, this is the time to, to start thinking about what black people are doing um, in, in our, you know, close by uh, in our communities, et cetera. So in California, in the Bay Area, you have to check what is um, what Black people are, are doing. Mm -hmm. I just want to share that I found what really helped me out shopping Latino-owned and Afro-Latinx-owned is this one Instagram account called Shop Latinx. And they have a whole directory of like products and everything that like are Latinx-owned and made. And... That's how I found this one like lotion that I love called Nopalera. It's so good. It's really helped my skin. And like that was a product. It smells like mi abuela. It makes me feel good. And it's like that I feel like is what brings me joy also. That's lovely. So start looking for uh, Latinos, Latinas, Latines, Latinx, and Afro-Latinx on uh, businesses. about Marunash, I think that the way I envision this, this podcast, Afro Latinx Soundscape Podcast, um, was like a, a space to talk about the things that we don't often talk about and to celebrate our Blackness and our Afro Latinidad or our Afro Latinidades. So this podcast is a way to resist white privilege, uh, even though that there's a lot of um, a podcast uh, nowadays that, that you can find uh, in which people are talking about blackness and um, anti-racism, uh, etc. Uh, but not necessarily into the academy or, or, or the academia. And we have both things and, and we want to 
to deconstruct also academia, but also media um, by talking about uh, these kind of topics like Afro-Latinidad, Afro-Latinidades. So um, AF is a counter-hegemonic space. And, and I think that it's important to recognize that and also to thank the people that uh, make uh, this uh, space possible. But also um, I think that you and Aya and you and Jazz are maroons because you are doing it in a beautiful way. Uh, and, and I'm learning a lot with you both while listening to you. And, and I think this is maroonish. And I think again, that it's, it's hard to be a maroon <laughs> but um, but also I think that we have to celebrate that, what, what means to be a Maroon and to recognize that our ancestors and the people who gave us this beautiful skin color and gave us this beautiful hair texture, they were Maroons. So we are the new Maroons of this uh, generation, of different generations, I'm, I'm older than you, I know. <laughs> what do you think about Maroon as yes? Personally, when I think of it, I think of how resistance is key to combating white privilege and its effects that it has on us as individuals that belong to black and brown communities and cultures. Resistance, at least for me, can be as simple as living your life to your own standards rather than those set from colonial perspectives. Um, this can include, but is not limited to, how you style your hair, how proud you are of your culture and community and the fields you choose to pursue. Um, it also includes the ways in which you care for yourself. So like, at least for me, it's like trying to not be like, boom, 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 boom. Capitalistic mindset, this whole, like, I have to conform myself to this one standard. It's like, not doing that is resistance in itself. Um, this podcast for me is an act of resistance as well, and a proud act of resistance. Um, I think that we three Afro-Latinx individuals have come together to speak our truths and help bring our stories as well as our culture to the front to be seen and acknowledged with love. Because I truly think this podcast was made with love um, and bringing love into anything is an act of resistance on its own. Um, what about you, Anaya? What does all of this make you think? Of course, everything you said, you know, that was really, that was really well said. And I think for, for me, in my case, and resistance looks different for everyone and advocating for people looks different for everyone. And the one way that we are participating in that is where we, we're making this podcast, we're having these conversations and creating community and speaking about issues that plague us. And, uh, and But others, you know, they express their resistance differently. And again, there's no one way to do it. There's no perfect way to do it. But what's most important here is that we're combating racism and we're combating white privilege and in any way that you're able to do that is, is really valuable and really crucial because we don't have the luxury of, of, of being privileged enough to speak out or I guess not having to speak out as a privilege, if, if that makes sense. And so creating a space and cultivating, uh, cultivating a community in which we aren't centering the white experience is a really important place to start. And I feel we've done that pretty well by speaking about our experiences and learning. And I think more importantly, the unlearning of, of Everything we've been taught is a really important part of decolonizing, which is a form of resistance. And I also, I think our existence alone, just us being who we are, is a form of resistance. And I'm sure somewhere along the line, somebody never thought that we would be in these spaces in academia or, I mean, even just having, or like I said, just existing. So our, our existence in itself is a form of resistance and we've 
And I feel so fortunate to been able to been a part of a, of a podcast in a space in which we're talking about these things unapologetic, unapologetically and like, you know, explaining our experiences to one another. So I think it's, it's really amazing. And what about you, Barbara? Um, I'm like in love with what you said and what that says. And think about that. Our existence is resistance. It's, I think it's, it's so powerful. So thank you for, for that. Um, firstly, I was born and raised in a colony of the United States in Puerto Rico. There's a, a national rhetoric that there's no anti-Black racism because we are a mix of three races, los Taínos, los Españoles, y los Negros Africanos. So to talk and denounce racism is to reopen wounds, to revive traumas, and we don't learn other stories. We don't learn her stories. And I said her stories on purpose. And we don't learn about all the contribution of black people from Africa and outside Africa. Marunash is to acknowledge, celebrate and continue building over that important base. And I think that Afro Latinx, a soundscape podcast is a maroon space because we are giving time, not enough, but this is the beginning <laughs> um, to a conversation we should be having on a daily basis until we feel free and that our bodies are not considered weapons and nor threat by white bodies and white systems. And I want to say that in Spanish as well, in primer lugar, yo nací y fui criada y he vivido gran parte de mi vida en una colonia eh, Puerto Rico no conoce otra historia que no sea ser una colonia. Primero de España y luego de Estados Unidos hasta el día de hoy. En Puerto Rico hay una retórica nacional de que no hay racismo antinegro porque somos una mezcla de los indígenas taínos, de los españoles blancos y de los negros africanos. Así que hablar y denunciar racismo es tu reabrir heridas, es tu revivir traumas. Y muchas veces no tenemos entonces ese otro espacio para atender ese trauma, para atender o curar esa herida, ¿verdad? Entonces, es complicado cuando nos ponemos en este espacio desde la vulnerabilidad, desde nuestra eh, fragilidad. Y, y lo mencionaba al principio, que me cuesta un poco decir que, el, que tengamos que sobrevivir lo difícil, lo malo nos hace más fuertes, porque muchas veces dentro de esa supuesta fortaleza no tenemos un espacio para sanar, un espacio de entrecuido, para acompañarnos. Eh, así que por eso me parece que este espacio para mí, Bárbara, Abadía, Resage, ha sido súper importante, porque a pesar de que soy de otra generación a la de Jazz y Anaya, he sentido en Jazz y Anaya entrecuido, acompañamiento. I feel like I'm in good company with you both. Eh, así que pienso que muchas veces no aprendemos otras historias, no aprendemos, eh, en inglés se dicen histories, pero yo lo quiero decir her stories, porque quiero decirlo a propósito, ¿verdad? Las historias de ellas o de ellas, eh, rompiendo también con este eh, lenguaje tan cis heteronormativo. No aprendemos de las contribuciones de las personas negras de África, ni tampoco quienes están fuera de África y que fueron sacados forzosamente de su tierra. El cimarronaje es reconocer, celebrar 
y continuar construyendo sobre esa base tan importante que nos legaron las personas negras, aún bajo condiciones deshumanizantes. Afro-Latinx Soundscape es un espacio cimarrón porque estamos dando tiempo, tomándonos nuestro tiempo, aunque no es suficiente, con cinco episodios, pero es un inicio o una continuación para sostener una conversación que debemos tener todos los días hasta que seamos personas libres, hasta que nuestros cuerpos, cuerpas, cuerpes no sean considerados amenazas ni sean considerados un arma para las personas blancas o para quienes contribuyen y perpetúan sistemas de opresión blanco y sistemas de opresión y sistemas de privilegio blanco. Así que para mí eso es cimarronaje y para mí este espacio es eso, un espacio para romper con lo que hemos estado sobreviviendo por, por siglos. Y, y en esa nota de, de hablar de cimarronaje, eh, while thinking about Marunash, I'm talking about Marunash, I also want to, to do a homage, hacer un homenaje a, a nuestros ancestros negro, negros y negras negras. This is a black homage to our black ancestors. Eh, I want to thank my black ancestor for the Marunash. They taught me how to survive in a world that thinks we are disposable. I want to mention my maternal line ancestras, Olga Esther, Maria Virginia, who's still alive, but is my ancestra as well, Teodora, Paula Marcelina, Fermina, and Maria Inés de la Cruz. I'm here talking and celebrating my blackness because of you all. Yes. ¿A quién quieres hacer un homenaje? Um, I want to thank my ancestors, firstly, for simply creating me. I would not be here without them. And for the beauty that is our culture, for the culture that they created and have passed down to us. Um, though I don't know their names, I know that they're on my maternal line. I would like to thank each and every one of them, though they probably won't be able to listen or understand. Um, I know that they're all protecting me. They're all protecting our lineage as am I. Um, I hope to make all of them proud by simply existing as my truest self, um, just as I'm hoping they did in the past. Naya, do you have anyone you would like to thank? Yes, and the list is definitely long, but we'll, we'll be here a while. But I, of course, want to thank my ancestors for all their work and all their sacrifices. Um, that We stand on their shoulders, and I'm incredibly fortunate to reap the benefits of all of their hard work. I know that without them and the, the, the road that they paved and, and because I mean, being again, being here, having these conversations at a university in an ethnic studies department is, is a feat in, in and of itself. And it's the work of all the people that came before us. And we, and it's not lost upon me that it's because of them that I get to be here and exist and be so secure and be so confident in, in my identity as, as this person that I've come to be. Um, and I also, I'd like to thank my parents for always celebrating the color of my skin and the texture of my hair and reminding me that I was loved and that I'm worthy because I think that certainly helped because we live in a world, a white centered world, which is always telling us that what we are, what we look like and the, the texture of our hair, the way we speak is not okay. So I, I, I applaud my parents and I thank my parents for um, reminding me every now and again that, uh, that I was loved and that everything I am is okay and everything I am is, is worthy of all the, the great things in the world. I think that this is the last episode of this series, but I think that we are going to continue 
uh, talking and exchanging knowledge between us. And so this is not a, a goodbye. So people stay tuned because something is going to happen <laughs> in a near future, um, no, no matter where, but I think that um, we are going to continue doing our work as an anti-racist um, person, individuals, uh, Afro-Latinx people in the U.S. We would like to thank all of our fabulous interviewees for the first Afro-Latinx Soundscape series. Julia, Denise, Lyric, Trent, Erica, Nubia for such amazing conversations. We hope that this pilot project can become a reference to build community, create safe spaces, hold conversations, reflect and act on Afro-healing and demand Afro-reparations. So we want to thank the Community University Empowerment Grants, the Cesar E. Chavez Institute, the College of Ethnic Studies at SFSU, Acción Latina, and the wonderful, wonderful team of El Tecolote for making this pilot project possible. Thanks for listening to Afro Latinx Soundscapes. Mm -hmm.